Hello, everybody. To those who don't know what is happening, we are recording a live podcast. You can continue speaking to each other. You don't have to listen to us. But this is our sixth episode of the L Files podcast. Um, before we get started, I'd like to acknowledge that we are meeting today on the lands of the Wurundjeri people, who we pay our respects to their elders, present, past and emerging, and acknowledge that sovereignty has never been ceded. Hello. 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 We have Pete, as always. And a special guest, Stephen Kelly. Skelly, Stove, but most commonly known as Steve, friend of Luli Tavern. How are you, Steve? Not too bad, thank you. <laughs> now, Steve is from um, multiple bands who some don't exist anymore, but currently, Meat. Is Meat still around? Uh, meat's finished. Meat's, okay, yeah. all right. Keep I'm up sorry. with it, Asia. Mesa Cosa. <laughs> Yeah, still going. Mesa Costa's still going. Brad Pot. Uh, Brad Pot's well and truly finished. Oh, that's a bummer. Yeah, yeah. rest in peace, yeah. Brad Pot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but our personal favourite, well, I'll speak on behalf of everybody here, the insane glamour rock quartet, Smooch. Yes. Woohoo! Woo. Tell us about Smooch. Where did Smooch come from? Um, Smooch started uh, a couple of years ago when we all moved into a house together in Spotswood. <laughs> And uh, it was me and Sian living together, and then Adam, her boyfriend, moved in, and then soon Mitch moved in, and uh, we just started jamming. And we got the 70s and the 60s, so we're like, let's just start something. For those who don't know, Smooch has some crazy glitter, eye makeup. Smooch maybe like Kiss. Yeah, we were very influenced by Kiss at the start, and and the Runaways. And I heard a yeah, bit of that in your Runaways sound. and Slade. Yeah. Just all that glammy stuff from the 70s. Glitter rock. Glitter rock, yeah. Amazing glitter rock. Bringing it back. Now, I have it. the privilege of living with Steve, and I just thought I should mention, he has introduced me to some amazing music, especially during lockdown. Thank God for Steve. Um, Peter Green, who we'll probably hear from later, I think. Yeah. We didn't know about it, but we're going to hear about it later. Oh, you will. <laughs> <laughs> um, CFM, Cream, obviously. Um, your favourite, Ginger Baker. Love him. So Steve's a drummer, for those who also didn't know. Everyone pr here probably knows Steve. Let's, lis let's listen to Smooch. Yeah, lay it on us. This one's from Smooch. The promo single It's called Can You Hear Me?
and that was Can You Hear Me by Smooch, driven by Melbourne's king of rhythm, the great Steve Kelly, our special guest today. Thank you, Pete. Man, you look sexy on that album cover, Steve. Thank you, thank you. You do androgyny very well, sir. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Now we've heard some glam rock, let's listen to a bit of Zam rock. Now, those of you who aren't familiar with Zam rock... (laughs) It's, um, it's rooted in Zambia. It takes cues from James Brown and the psychedelic guitars of Jimi Hendrix. Um, and it exploded after Zambia declared its independence from British colonialism. Zamrock was driven by this band, Witch. Let's hear it. Great witch with like a chicken. So I'm going to backtrack. Which, which stands for We Intend to Cause Havoc um, was exactly what Pete said and is a band that formed 
Um, the first, like, Zambian rock band, I guess, Zambia in the late 1800s was colonised by the Brits and it was called Rhodesia, supposedly, and it turned into two countries, Zambia and Zimbabwe, and all this crazy shit happened over, like, 200-year period. And then in the 70s or, like, mid-60s, they reclaimed independence and then bands like this started to pop out because they had, like, their little golden day of, like, fuck yeah, we reclaimed our country and we can do what we want. But then really bad shit started to happen again, as it does in heaps of places after they reclaim independence, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, which is amazing. But after all of that stuff happened, they kind of had to stop playing because there were all of these, like, restrictions on music couldn't be played after 8 p.m. at night or whatever. So they got, like, teaching jobs and stuff. And then in 2012... They, they came back and... One member was original, is original, but they toured, they toured Europe for like three years or something. The witch is back, as The Elton witch is back. Um, but yeah, Steve, a musician yourself, how would that affect you if you weren't allowed to play gigs at night time? That would be the worst feeling in the world, but I can kind of relate to it coming out of COVID and experiencing all of that, going from touring America to playing every weekend to not doing anything for a solid year yeah you literally were playing gigs like what three shows a week sometimes yeah pretty much and then going into lockdown and our house not having a drum kit yeah yeah as a drummer too it's hard to like make some noise you know absolutely banging on pots and pans all night yeah It, it, it affects everything it totally changes your mindset you forget who you are and what you were used to do yeah. and then coming back into it is just a, a trip out you start freaking out again. You get nervous. <laughs> yeah, you didn't have nerves before. <laughs> yeah, I used to just go up and be, this is fine. <laughs> Pre-COVID. P, B, BC, before COVID, I should say. Yeah, BC. <laughs> um, one other thing I need to mention before we move on is that the lead singer's name's Jagari, which is an Africanization of Mick Jagger. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Badass Jagari. So badass. So, which is... Yeah, fuck yeah. The Zambian Mick Jagger. Oh, what a guy. <laughs> um, what is, what's, what's up next, Pete? Oh, we got the Songhoi Blues. Um, we're going to take a sidestep into Malia and we're going to check out their tune, So Bore. <laughs>
beautiful music. Uh, the Songhoi Blues. Lead guitarist Gaba Toure, lead vocalist Aliu Toure, second guitarist Omar Toure. They're not related at all. Toure is just kind of like Smith or, or Jones in, in Mali. Um, they were forced out of their homes when armed jihadists invaded and imposed Sharia law. And they've, um, they, they fled north and they have cut a pretty good name for themselves in the rock and roll scene. I wonder if they fled north to hang out in Zambia with which? Yeah, that'd be quite a party, <laughs> I would imagine. With the Zambian Mick Jagger. I mean, who knows? Probably not. It's a really far way away. <laughs> but you never know. Maybe they met in the middle. <laughs> Some crazy shit going on in Africa, guys. Yeah, it seems like pretty <laughs> wild zone over there. That was beautiful, though. And what do you think about it? It's bloody beautiful. Bloody I beautiful. Do you have any African influences ever? Um, well, learning drums as a child, like, there was definitely a little bit because of the rudiments they teach you in class. They uh, teach you a lot of African beats. So that's my influence. How old were you when you started playing? Uh, Ten years old. Ooh. So, just a baby. 20 years. Wow. Yeah, 20 years. Wow, that's that's a long time. Yeah. Go on, whip it out. Not right now. (laughs) Show us a paradiddle. (sighs) Ain't no drums here. (laughs) We're really going to mix it up here. Pete's brought a beautiful song to us, which reminds me of my last job eight years at an aquarium. This is The Jellies with... Jive Baby on a Saturday night.
was saying when that started that surely this has been sampled by some hip-hop artist and we had a, a fan, number one fan in the crowd, just yell out, ODB did it. Yeah, baby. Old Dirty Bastard had sampled it, of course. Good enough for ODB is good enough for me. Yes. The jellies so, have got this place grooving. Everyone's, yeah. everyone's getting their thang on down the front there. <laughs> you love to see it. I couldn't control myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Steve especially. <laughs> the king of rhythm. That's, that that's why you got that name, man. The song's so happy, I think, because it was recorded on Christmas Day in 81. Christmas. Don't these people have families? Fuck that. When you can be making that gifts? kind of music. The gift of song, maybe. <laughs> the jellies. Um, John Peel spun that one. Legendary BBC DJ. Um, but it ended up only selling 30 copies. What? Yeah. No for such an absolute banger. I find that very hard to believe. And the Jellies kind of disappeared into obscurity, only to be rediscovered by um, Thurston Moore of Sonic Youth years later, and then ODB, I guess. ODB. But um, the Jellies, if you're out there, come back. The world needs the Jellies more than ever. The Jellies are actually taking over the ocean at the moment, so we don't need those Jellies, but no. we need... Well, if they were to form a band <laughs> like actual Jellyfish, I'd be impressed and we'll be afraid. We'll <laughs> It's pretty easy for us to start talking smack. Speaking of smack, a group of jellyfish is called a smack of jellies. No. That's wow. so sick. <laughs> okay, You're I'll good. stop now. I'll stop. It's almost like you worked at Sea Life for like <laughs> 10 years. Mm, maybe. <laughs> Speaking of creatures, animals, and stinging animals, this next song. Where are you going with this? The next song is about mosquitoes. Oh, sure. Was yeah, that an yeah, accident? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. We got Dr. Nina Simone with Funkier Than a Mosquito's Tweeter. You're nothing but a dirty, dirty old man. You do your thinking with a one-track mind. You keep talking about heaven glory, but on your face is a different story. Up your rap, your story's getting dusty. Wash out your mouth, your lies are getting rusty. Can't believe nothing you say. Cause I'm around and I see what you do. You know you're funkier than a mosquito's tweeter. You got a mouth like a herd of bold weavers. Same old game, same old thing. You never change, always rapping about the same old thing. Reason the things you do ain't never really pleasing. 
in your head is really started showing your conversation is getting kind of boring Great Nina Simone with Funkier Than a Mosquito's Tweeter. Actually a cover of a Tina Turner tune. That was originally the B-side of Proud Mary. But Nina Simone's reading covers it in percussion and voodoo and a super cool version. Uh, I'm just going to lay a few Nina Simone facts on you. Ooh, Nina facts, fun facts. She initially aspired to be a concert pianist, but she was denied entry to the Curtis Institute of Music in Philadelphia due to racial discrimination. Rude. And subsequently threw herself into jazz, championing the civil rights movement as she did it and making quite an impact. Um, Did you know she actually ended up marrying a police officer? 
Really? Yeah, detective. Some detective. Interesting. Isn't it? Interesting woman. Um, famous for her violent outbursts, her ag- aggression. In Ooh. 1985, Nina fired a gun at a record company executive whom she accused of stealing royalties. <laughs> Nina commented that she tried to kill him, but she missed. <laughs> <laughs> right Bad on, ass. Nina. What you got up next for us there, Asia? Oh, okay. So this is um, a fun one. I have a little love for Indonesia. I spent a couple of months there and worked on a radio show and fell in love with weird, amazing Indonesian staff, generally. Met skinheads, good ones. It's a whole other episode to talk about that. Um, This, I believe, is off the Indonesian version of the Nuggets album. This is an all-female pop group from Surabaya, on the island of Java, um, which formed in 64. This is Bertmaja Dara Puspita, which the band Dara Puspita translate to Flower Girls. That was a short one. It was beautiful. We were just talking about how we've we've hit a political um, or something in common with a lot of these artists, which is that a lot of these bands had to flee because there was shitty politics in their countries. So, Sakano, the Sakano regime forced them to leave, which obviously a lot of these musicians were maybe the lucky ones that could escape. But so they went to Thailand and had a semi-interesting and somewhat successful career. But just thinking back to it, like, that was in the 60s, but still, when I was there, I met people who were talking about how they knew of, you know, punk bands who had had to split because the the leader of their mosque or church or whatever religion they were from would tell them that 
well, it was Islamic actually, this one specific one I'm thinking of, but music is haram, it's forbidden unless it's religious music, which is mental. Yeah, it's far out. But, you know, it's, it's also part of like that, you know, immigration that makes genres of music fuse together. Yeah. And, and that well, and people being able to express lifestyle. themselves as well through the music to kind of speak up. Yeah, I if I had to bail from Indonesia under Sukarno, like, I would be afraid for my life, you know? Like, starting a, a cool band would be the last thing on my mind. I, I really got to respect what these guys are doing. A lot of respect. Well, there were other Western-influenced bands in that um, era who were imprisoned for doing that, which I guess is why they fled. Kind of like a pussy riot situation. Exactly. Yeah, yeah still going on. Absolutely. Yeah. It's crazy. We've learned Pour nothing. some out. Pour some out. <laughs> uh, what have we got next, Pete? Well, you know, let's lighten the tone a little bit here. <laughs> Sorry, guys, we got a bit morbid. With good old Linda Ronstadt, it's so easy to fall in love. Recorded by Buddy Holly and his crickets in 1958. Ronstadt recorded that one on her smash hit record, Simple Dreams. Notoriously knocking Fleetwood Mac's rumours off the Billboard number one spot. 
and supplanting the recently deceased Elvis Presley at the top of the Billboard country charts. Yeah, Linda. Wow. Also in my research on Linda Ronstadt, I discovered that she dated Jim Carrey for a time in the 80s. What the heck? Random. (laughs) (laughs) Moving right along. Um, Our fabulous guest this evening, Steve Kelly, has bought a tune along for your pleasure. Steve, could you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, so I've brought in a a Peter Green Fleetwood Mac song and uh, it's... One of my favorite. I'm a big Peter Green fan. Um, and for those who don't know, Peter Green was actually the founding member of Fleetwood Mac. Uh, he used to play in a band called John Mayall and the Blues Seekers. Uh, Blues Breakers, I mean. Um, he replaced Eric Clapton before Clapton went to Cream. Um, this song is called Rattlesnake Shake. Well, it's and it's actually about Mick Fleetwood, the drummer, for... Uh, it's a little thing about him on tour getting caught masturbating all the time. So wow. they, they decided to call the song Rattleshake Snake. Oh. <laughs> wow. So, Mick uh, Fleetwood, you absolute deviant. You get cancelled for that kind of shit these days. Dirty little man. <laughs> 60s and 70s were a wild time. What the hell? <laughs> Let's play the Rattlesnake Shake. Baby, Baby. if you got to rock, I got to be a rock
Thank you, Steve, for that song about Mick Fleetwood's compulsive masturbation. Uh, we're You're welcome. Move, move along now. Oh, actually, the breakdown in that song. Uh, do you want me to... Uh, yeah, can you just recite that, that like poetry? Yeah, so there's a part where Peter Green says in the breakdown, I know this guy, his name is Mick. He doesn't care if he gets no chicks. He does the shake, the rattlesnake shake. So he doesn't care if he has no girls. He just goes off and beats off. Yay. Ain't no shame in it, man. <laughs> but he's a great drummer. Yeah. <laughs> great drummer. <laughs> it's hot up here. <laughs> you guys. Gross. If there was a Venn diagram between, like, great drummers and compulsive masturbation, do you think there'd be much of an overlap there? <laughs> Sorry, this is the part of the show where I... Um, you I've embarrass had one the too guest. many Aperol spritzes. <laughs> yes. Let's move right along to the next delivery from the great Billy Gibbons of ZZ Top. This one's called West Coast Junkie from his forthcoming record, Hardware. Lay it down. People say to me, How am I saying? How am I saying? Thank you, Billy. 
I asked Asia during the um, duration of this song what she thought about it and she wouldn't tell me. She wanted to relay her thoughts live on air. So <laughs> Asia Taylor, I'm asking you now. Super groundbreaking what information. What do you think about this tune? I actually, when I first heard it, I thought it really sounded like that Iggy Pop Elvis Costello song that you brought a few weeks ago. Yeah, all right. I got a type. I yeah, get he's it. got a type. <laughs> um, also, the film clip. Is amazing. He's ridiculous. That beard. He's, he's incredible. I don't think I've ever seen a beard like that. It's also like really corny and it's um, it's like it's all in black and white and there's little like go-go girls doing yeah. little dances on rocks. It's like poorly edited but it doesn't matter because it's so it, badass. Man. He leans so far into the cheese, you know. It's he's, very cheesy. He's on top of the nachos, you know what I mean? <laughs> I just made that up. That's not. I like that beat. Yeah. That's good. Um, Matt Sorum playing drums on this track, Steve of uh, GNR. What's that, sorry? Matt Sorum. No way. Yeah. Guns and Roses. Woo! Woo! Um, oh, I yeah. had a life-size cutout of Billy Gibbons in oh, my you room do too. for many years. Terrified my girlfriend. She's shaking her head at me and crossing her arms. The body <laughs> language is just. I'm just gonna cut it right there. You're going to uh, be doing the rattlesnake right shake later on, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. That was savage. It's explicit. <laughs> um, the next one, Ben, sorry, I'm just embarrassing everyone tonight, um, is a really cool song. It's by some really young dudes. Aboriginal Australian guys formed a reggae group in their uni days Um well, there's two, there's, sorry, there's two groups, Us Mob and No Fixed Address, two really cool bands who were supposedly, this song was actually one of the first contemporary Aboriginal music to ever be recorded, um, which is crazy because it was in 81, so yeah, not man. that long ago. The song actually was a part of a soundtrack of a movie which they filmed in university, um, Wrong Side of the Road, which is what the song's called. Trying to get him off country and onto anything else. Yeah, anything else and, and uh, documenting the experiences of how different people react to their music, which I really love, so I guess we should probably listen to it. This is Wrong Side of the Road by Us Mob and No Fixed Address. Don't control it. 
research i came across a little fact about these guys they broke up after their equipment was destroyed in a fire in sydney now i couldn't find any more information about that but i feel like there's probably a little bit more to that story so if anybody out there knows get in touch with us also if anyone knows where we can watch wrong side of the road the movie i would like to see it yeah hard to come by it was on sbs but they've removed it God damn. I'm going to write a letter. <laughs> now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say what you're all thinking. We really want to know a little bit more about Steve Kelly's old band, Brad Pot. <laughs> yeah, we do. Um, we're going to close <laughs> out with one of their tunes. But first, Steve, we got to know, what happened with Brad Pot? Well, <laughs> where did it all go wrong? Well, I'll start from the beginning... It was it was a really fun time. So I was playing in a band called Mesacosa, and great band. Within a year, I I'd met Tristan and Brant and became really good friends with them. And uh, I remember one of my friends, Hannah, was like, "Brant's looking for a drummer. He has this little band that he's been working on. It's just guitar and like a drum machine. It's called Bradpot. You should hit him up." And we started hanging out, and he's just like. Yeah, let's make this a thing. And uh, we started playing some shows and within three months we got signed to Slovenly, like an American label. Huge. And it was great. They put our record out, um, which is a self-titled record that you're about to play. Was it well received? It was well received, yeah. Um, we, We were in talks of doing tours in Japan and overseas and it was looking promising. You're on the brink, man. Yeah, on, on the brink. But we did a couple of uh, East Coast tours of Australia um, and then just complications started happening within the band. <laughs> now, when you say complications, yeah. like, spill the tea, man. Like, what do you mean by that? <laughs> it was obviously all Steve's fault. It was all my fault. Nah, Compulsive really. masturbation? Yeah, I was just trying to be Mick Fleetwood on tour. Yeah. God. They didn't like it. Method actor. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there was complications between certain members and... Uh, yeah, just uh, it kind of got to the point where we all decided to take a break and then... It's like a relationship. It's yeah, like it's when like you a take a break, there's no going back, is there? We took a break <laughs> and then, I don't know, it might have been like six months to a year and then we decided to play a show again and that show sold out and it was great. That was opening for Drunk Moms at uh, the Night Cat and it was a great show and after that, we pretty much just decided... It wasn't pretty much like we all agreed, but we just we just did it. We just I'm one of it the quits. annoying wow. fans that's like Brad Pot, Brad Pot, yeah. bring back Brad Pot. But it, it was a great time. Like it's one of my favorite bands. I love all the guys in the band. Dude, this song. We put a great record great. out, and the song you're about to play is actually my favorite song off the record. Yeah. Same. Well, yeah. well, let's hear it. Well, thanks for having us. We'll finish on this one, I reckon. And yeah, thank really. you for coming, Steve. No it's worries. been a pleasure. Steve, you're a dream. 
This is Black Eye, which maybe was the result of the last tour of Brad Pot. Now, just kidding. <laughs> this is Black Eye by Brad Pot. Ooh. 